everybody doing tonight? Good. Anyway, what we're going to do um, here in God uh, through our life of victory, and this one here is one of these fun ones, hearing God through circumstances. How many are going through a circumstance right now? That's about everybody, isn't it? I figured. All right. How many are waiting on an answer? How many are frustrated because you haven't heard the answer yet? Okay. Well, we're going to talk about those things because uh, <laughs> we're all in the same place, and I, wanna, I just want to give you this, and this is um, if God promises it to you, you're going to get it. Now, there's a thing that uh, as believers we have a problem with, the word. Um, we have a problem when we hear no, but we really have a problem with the word timing. Timing. Because we recognize God's timing is completely different than our timing. Isn't it? I mean, you go on the internet, ask.com, you got a question, go to ask.com, Google it, you got the answer. Right? I was looking for a word up in the Bible, went right to the answer in five seconds. Okay, that's what the ephod is. All right, that's a linen garment. Okay, I got it. Bam. Now you ask God for something, and ask.com can give it to you a whole lot faster, and you're waiting, and you're saying, God, I'm waiting. Why aren't you? And, and then you get a little discouraged. You get discouraged with God. You get discouraged with his life because you're waiting for the one answer. And I'm going to go ahead and help you with that tonight. When he's talking about hearing God in the midst of your circumstance. And how many had a great day today? Awesome. That's good. I had a great day, too. Started one way, ended the way I never thought it would end. But uh, I had a great day today. Let's go to, I'm gonna, we're going to talk about a guy who had a great day. His name is David. How many know about the story of David? David, uh, anointed king. Saul was king. David was anointed king. The minute he was anointed king, guess what showed up? Trouble. So Saul, who was disobedient to God, God ripped the kingdom from um, Saul, gave it to David. David became king. And you know where his first palace was? A cave. And then God said, okay, go in the cave. I mean, he went and ran in the cave. And he said, I'm going to add your subjects to you. And everyone who was distressed and everyone who's in debt and everyone who's bitter to the soul showed up in the, in the cave and said, this is our hero and this is my people. How you like me now? Still the king. Ran for about uh, for 10 years from Saul who wanted to exterminate him. Okay, we're going to pick up the story in 1 Samuel chapter 30. David, after seven years on the run, had plenty of options to kill Saul, decided that it was God's anointed. He would not touch him. Saul said, I won't touch you, David. And then Saul lied and lied and lied. And David decided to go over into the Philistine camp, into the enemy's camp, and play like he was on their side. He did this for about a year and four months, play like he was on their side. But he really wasn't on their side. One thing, he had a, a crisis of faith. He thought God couldn't protect him in Israel, so he went to Gath and decided to hang out with the Philistines. He had a little time with that. But he also thought, the Philistines thought he was fighting for him. He was what we call, um, what's that movie, Mission Impossible? David became a double agent. Because he looked like he was working with the Philistines, 
but he was really working against the Philistines. Philistines thought he was routing the, their enemy, but he was really routing the enemy, the Philistine crew. So he was a double agent. You didn't know there was double agents in the Bible, did you? So y'all got to read the Bible. Mission, that's where they get these movies from, Mission Impossible. Now he's in there as a double agent. And it worked out. They thought the guy made him the head enemy of the Philistines. Made, You're going to be my personal bodyguard. Sure, no problem. Next thing you know, the Philistines are going to go against the Israelites as Saul is the king. Well, David got over on one leader, but the supreme leader saw David and his crew, about 600 guys, saw him uh, and said, what are you doing here? I don't trust this guy. You need to get out of here. And the guy says, man, He's my boy. He, we've been working together. He's been work really. He's been working against him. But I, you know, he's 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 the main guy. So now you got to go. So when David got first took up went with the Philistines, he got a little town called Ziglag. Okay. So now he's going back since he can't fight against his own people, the Israelites against Saul. He's going back to Ziglag, three day journey. Now one thing about David, one writer says this. He was really out of place. He should have been in Israel and Judah and trusted in the Lord. But he left his town and his city with his family defenseless. Also, the Philistines, since they were going against the Israelites, they were defending that territory also. So they left Ziglag unchecked. So David comes back. He's on the run for his life. Over seven years. How many had to say had a bad day? Bad few years. Comes back and finds his town destroyed. Family taken. Him and all the guys destroyed, burned with fire, and gone. And he's supposed to be a king. Look at some interesting things that happen when we go to first, when we go to 30. Because you're going to see some things that's going to help each and every one of us. Because David did something spectacular. And when you read the rest of the story, as soon as he got through that last obstacle, guess what? He became king. But he had to get through this obstacle, like a lot of us have to get through some obstacles for God to deliver something to you. But in the midst of when we're going through something, sometimes you got to look at a circumstance as a learning period. God is trying to teach us something. I learned that all of, everything I'm going through, I'm learning something. If I'm not going through anything, I think God doesn't trust me to learn anything else. Weird way to look at things, isn't it? But how else are you going to learn? You've been in the military. How do they teach you? They crash you. They test you. They blow you up and make you recover and get back in the game, right? You wish we can learn that in the classroom. No, it doesn't work in the classroom. It works through resistance. So circumstance, some of your circumstance, you ought to be happy because I want you to figure out what am I learning through this, okay? Keep that thought. Let's read this. Now, again, David coming back with the guys and, 
I'm on the run, and I find my town busted up. He said, now when David and his men came to Ziglag on the third day, the Amalekites, now the Amalekites, we're going to hear about them on Sunday also. This is the enemy we never get rid of. God promised that we'll never get rid of Amalekites. We're still fighting Amalekites. If you know your history and you go to see what, who's Israel fighting right now, they're fighting the Amalekites. See, it all started back in the Bible. You thought it started on CNN News, didn't you? No, it started back here. <laughs> now, when we get wisdom on that, we'll stop fighting because it's never going to stop. Here we go. Had made a raid against the Negev and against Ziglag. They over, and they had overcome Ziglag and burned it with fire, taking captive the women, all who were in it, both small and great. They killed no one but carried them off, and they went their way. And when David and his men came to the city, they found it burned with fire, and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him raised their voices and wept until there was no more strength left to weep. How many have been in that place before? David's two wives had also been taken captive, Anamon and Jezreel, Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. And David was greatly distressed, circle that, like a lot of us right now. For the people spoke of stoning him, because all the people were bitter in soul, each of his sons, each of, for his sons and daughters, but David, but David, Strengthened himself in the Lord his God. And David said to Abathar, the priest, son of Abimelech, bring me the ephod. So Abathar brought the ephod to David. And David inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue after this band? Shall I overtake them? He answered him, pursue, for you shall surely overtake and you shall surely rescue. Now. You can recognize coming home or dealing with your life. If you've been doing through life and disaster hits, stress hits, crisis hits, and you recognize along with Christ. How many recognize when you're in a crisis moment, in a stress moment, pressure comes upon you? Unbelievable pressure comes upon you. When everything's like it's caving in on you. How many feel that way sometimes? Just like it's just crushing you and taking you down. I recognize one thing when that happens to me or happens, and I go and I try to speak to God. I don't hear anything. I hear nothing. Because all the pressure is hard to hear because I'm so enamored about my what's going on with me I don't hear him and I will go to God looking for the answer like Google pull it up on the internet okay faith let me look up 16 passages of faith and let me pray about faith and I keep going and I get nothing back I'm doing all the talking nothing's happening have you been there before Am I the only one? I'll probably be the only one that's honest. And I sickness, and I look it up like I used to do with my wife. Her back, her back, her back. Okay, Lord, I believe in healing. I believe in I believe it. I believe. I keep going. I hear nothing. I hear nothing. I hear nothing. And God, 
through a guy, just one of the prophets that one of the guys who's one of my mentors told me this. He said this. He said, the problem with it, you're going to God for guidance, but you're not going to God for him. See, one bullet I wrote in here, if you can write it down. Different people react in different ways to the same circumstances. Because basically, what life does to us depends on what life finds in us. What life does to you depends on what life finds in you. If there's no faith in me, life will find me with no faith. And life will overtake me. And what I will try to do is fix whatever's going on in my life by going to God for just that particular reason, nothing else, just to hear a word, just to hear this, just to hear that. But never going to God because he's God. Y'all tracking with me? Randall, I'm going to pull a, um, a switcheroo on you. Can you pull up a Hebrews 11.6? Thank you, sir. Now, when you look at this scripture, <laughs> we get excited. And we always camp on the first part, and then we always camp on the last part. But it says this, without faith it's impossible to please him, for whoever draws near to God must believe that he exists. I love that, because when you're getting pressured and you're getting pummeled and you feel like so much is on me, I got so much crisis in me, um, it's hard to believe that God really does exist. Do you really hear me? And this is what it says here. And that he rewards those who seek him. When I was, my problem was I was seeking, I took that scripture and I would seek the solution. Not him. And I noticed he would not say anything. And when he wouldn't talk, then I would get offended. And then I would ask other people for the same question. Did you hear, did God speak to you on, this, on behalf of this? No. Because I went looking for the solution when it says he rewards those who seek him. And I'm telling you, you'll be, I mean, we're always tested in this. So who seek him. Let me move forward on this. Give you an uh, illustration. I love that last bullet I wrote. It says, because life does to us what depends what life finds in us. I love the movie Block Hawk Down. There's a certain colonel in there that, uh, who's leading the troops into uh, Somalia. And he has these young troops with him. And he's crazy. And he was, they were going in the first time these troops are going into combat. And they were ready. Okay, he says, all right. They said, Colonel, when do we shoot? He said, uh, when they shoot at you first. Well, how are we going to know they're shooting at us? Well, you're going to hear some king cans going by. You're going to hear this. 
That's when you shoot back. And they, <laughs> really, yeah, really. Well, they get into this firefight. And he's sitting in the, in the truck. And it's ting, 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 ting. And he's standing there. And uh, they say, Colonel, they're shooting at us. He said, well, shoot back. Oh. What was in him was fortitude and faith. Because he got out the van, not he wasn't even bothered by it. Things are flying. Come on, get up. Get, get up. One guy's head face got uh, hit with a mortar and his eyes was missing. He says, oh, well, we got to pull him out. He's still in the van. Get another driver in there. And he is like Mr. Cool. And the reason why I recognize that is because that's what a believer looks like with the life of God in him. When the circumstances and the bullets are flying, they're like, well, just shoot back or just ignore it. Let's go because they can't touch us. The guy never got hit. He was walking, you hit, and he never flinched. Now everyone around him was flinching, and they wouldn't get out of the truck. He said, well, you got to get up in the truck. You got to shoot back, and they're shooting at him. You got to shoot back, young man. And he's, no big deal. That's where I want to get to. When circumstance parks at my door, <laughs> good. I want to have that life of Christ in me. So when life tries to find me, I repel it. And only repel it with the abundant life of Christ. Now, circumstances. David in a bad place. You find your family gone, your wife, your kids, and they were going to be used as slaves. Now, you already have an issue going on in your life. Isn't it bad? Now, I have another issue that my friends, who we've been walking with for years, now they want to kill me too. How, that's a very, you know, usually when there's panic, everyone turns on the leader. You ever notice that? doesn't matter what organization you're in. If something's wrong, it's the leader's fault, right? Y'all know y'all do it at your workplace. You're blaming your boss for things you don't, he don't know nothing about. And they turn on him, and it's like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? Now, they're ready to stone him, and they're wore out, and they're tired, and they have no life left. David First thing he does, his key number one, encouragement will come before guidance. See, a lot of you are waiting for answers. But when's the last time you just got get with God for nothing? Because here's the thing, guys. God is not going to give you the guidance if you have no strength to carry it out. Or you don't have the character to carry it out. Or you don't have the fortitude to carry it out. That word timing is preparing you so when he says something, do it, you have the strength to do it. David had to run down a few miles with 600 guys. 200 of them couldn't make it. They got wore out. Personal encouragement. When you're going through something, go to God just to sit with him. Just to sit in fellowship with them. Don't use him as a Google. Don't use him as an answer, man. Because here's the, here's the thing. The answer 
was here before the problem. If you look at Genesis, the answer, which is God, was here before we created the problems. What we're having the problem is we want the answer. So when we don't hear the answer, we get discouraged and we blame God. We blame his church. We blame God's people. And all he wants us to do is go to him to be encouraged. And then you know something? When you're fully encouraged and you're fully restored and you're fully on level ground, then he gives you the guidance. He doesn't give you the guidance if you're not ready to carry it out. That's what that word timing, we all have a hard time with it because everything is quick today. I'm looking all over Abilene to get my shoes, some shoes fixed. I'm trying to find a guy who fixes shoes because I got some great shoes. I don't want to buy no new shoes. World says buy new shoes. Why? I've been wearing shoes in here, and y'all think they're great. They left out of style and came back in the style. <laughs> I want someone with some trade that can make some shoes, and I'll pick them up in three or four days. Timing. We all suffer for the timing because we miss the most important thing. We miss, and I'm guilty of that too, we miss him. We miss him. And we frown because we don't have the answer. And then we want to talk and talk and talk. Now, just remember we talked about a few weeks ago? Just listen. Just listen. Just listen. How many when you're all little children, you love when your mom or your mother or your dad put you on their lap? How'd that feel? They give you that hug. You didn't have a care in the world, did you? Then they brought you up, and then they made you do your chores. <laughs> but they got you ready, didn't they? They got you ready to go. Fell in love with them. Yeah, I'll do anything for you. Okay, good. Go get you some ice cream when you're done. They hold you secure because you're being with them. How would your mom and dad feel? Hey, mom, dad, love you. You got that money I'm needing. Hey, hey, mom. Do you, do you have, do you have, dad, do you, do you have, do you have, um, do you love, do you, this is God, do you love or do you love? Or do you want or do you want? I'm guilty of this too. Hey, dad, you, can you, can you, can you give me, give me, can you, get, 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 and can you just sit down and enjoy me? And when you enjoy him, circumstance is done. And when he and guess what? When you're in love, who cares when it gets done? Right, Marky Mark? On our honeymoon, we didn't care about nothing. Right? We didn't care about honeymoons. We didn't care about anything. Then we grew up. Right? You just wanted to be together. Right? That's how it was with God. And then we lost it. He became the answer man. He became the Google. He became the digital provider. But not being with him. 
And when he's not with, he doesn't give me what I want, I kind of chuck him to the side. Let me find somebody who can give me what I need. Everybody, everyone feeling me on this? What I'm saying is look God first, then you'll hear his guidance. Because we need a word. We don't need a word. We need God. We don't need a word. We need God. I'm learning this more every day. As a leader, hearing gets more complex. First, you fight being overcautious when you hear God. That's one of the one things. Another thing, you got to make sure you hear God, but you don't hear it. You hear it only from him. I fight now technology. When I'm reading the Bible on here, I'm missing something. When I go online, I'm missing something. So I had to put that thing down, put my books, put my books back, so I could start reading slowly. Because I'm missing God. I'm missing something. Because I'm going too fast. And have you noticed the ultimate leisure of God? It seems like he's always just walking slowly in the garden. You know why he's doing that? Because he's saying, enjoy me, not the things of me. And life goes fast. And people will come, ah, da, 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 da. and I'm, they, everyone's meaning well, da, da, da. but I got to really hear God. And the older I get, the less I'm talking, the more I'm listening. Because when you used to go through the exercises and they blow up something, the biggest test was who's going to respond the right way. And all the reactors are on the radio. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they're talking, they're talking, they're talking, they're talking. And you got to get on the line and say, hack it off so we can hear and see where we are versus reacting to it. Because everyone is yapping to it, but no one's responding to it. That's what happened to David. Everyone was reacting toward him. He decided, I got to encourage myself in the Lord first. And it's okay. I'm not missing time. I'm actually gaining time. Encouraging myself in the Lord. I'm better off that way. I'm better off that way. I'm better off without a word for it. Do you have a word? No, I don't have a word today. I got to be with him. What I'm trying to teach you is to slow down and you'll really enjoy him. Because I'm seeing a lot of people getting burned out seasonally it's the greatest days outside, and everyone's looking like, and the weather, why does the weather dictate our lives? Because we're going from one thing to another, and we're not sticking with our Father. And when you need to hear, you need this, the only place to hear, guys, is to sit in his presence and hear. And then when I hear, and he didn't, he tells me, then I don't shade away from it. Because he'll say yes, no, or wait. And everyone says, suppose he says wait. Well, here's a clue. Do what he told you to do last until he changes it. But yes, no, or wait. So when I decide to make a decision and speak, it's, I'm not changing it because he said it. Make sense? That's why our kids attack us when you tell them no. 
what they do? They work it out, don't they? And you give in sometimes. They wear you down, don't they? they yeah, you didn't really mean no. Did you really mean no? And they wear you down. They, and the reason why you, you give in to them, because you want peace. You don't want them in the house anymore. <laughs> but you got to stay in your nose, and you got to be nose, and your yeses got to be yeses. What I'm teaching, trying to teach is speak less, listen more, but sit in the presence of God. In a high-energy environment, it's very easy, which I find myself, studying for Wednesday, studying for Sunday, just studying the word to give a word to you, and I got nothing in me. Nothing. Because I didn't sit down and spend five days with me, which one, one of my mentors told me, there's two pre- preparations, Rich, two of them. It's a preparation of the word, and it's a preparation of the man. When the man's off, I don't care how good the word is. So you got to spend more time in the man than you do on the word. That's why I'm teaching this. In circumstances, I'm, I'm fixed, fixed to repair it. I'm slow to sit down and wait for it. And in this circumstance, God will speak when you are ready to hear it. Only when you're ready to hear it. And it has nothing to do with the external things of life or the external things of God. A lot of us, I want the more power of God. I want, I want, I want the more anointing. I w-. How's that sound? We even preach that. You have more anointing. You have more power. Hey, you got him. You got everything. See? And then God just becomes our dispenser of gifts and power and everything else we need him for. And we really need him for everything. If you need more time in your life, sit with him. He's the perfect planner. You know what he does when you sit with him and you ask him for time? He asks you that hard question. What's real and what's not? What do you need to get rid of? And then we don't like to give it up. Right? Well, the reason why you're so busy, because I didn't ordain that. I definitely didn't ordain that. And I don't know why you're doing that. But it looks good. Right? We don't like those answers. You got to cut that. You got to cut that. Cut that. Oh, um, Man, God, I thought you were on my side. Yes, I'm trying to declutter your life. Make sense? Okay, last thing, get to know him versus knowing his will. Get to know God. When you're in this circumstance and you're waiting, you find out more about him and you find out a whole lot more about yourself in between that. And he'll speak to you about yourself. Like I said, you need to get rid of that. You need to get rid of that. But really, it's basically just being with him. Because you see what happened when David sat. He was encouraged. Then he says, bring me the ephod, which I said was a linen thing that the, highly pre- the, priest, the high priest wore. 
and all that, when they were doing um, their religious things and their rituals and in the temple and all that, basically, let me give you a scenario. He encouraged himself and he told the priest, give me the word. Give me the word. Now I'm ready. I need to get in this word. And then he, the two words that are most powerful words in the Bible between um, follow me. This one is for outside. Shall I? Shall I overtake? Shall I do this? Now, here's a good question for everybody. The things you're warring with or fighting against or you're dealing with, was there a shall I before you went into it? Because if there's no shall, if you didn't ask first, maybe you're getting something you're not supposed to be in. Think about it. People pulling on you. Hey, let's do that. Okay. And you say, okay. And now you're frustrated. You hate it. You're doing it. Oh, man. This is, it was great in the beginning, right? In the, in the, um, the, like I said, the honeymoon wore out. Now you hate it. Then you got to go back and say, did I ask, did I say shall I? Or did I just assume that he was going to let me do this? And then you become an intentional believer. Because I want to be known for the things I don't do, not for the things I do. Because there's a whole lot of things to do. But that don't mean that God wants me to do those things. Make sense? In some of them circumstances, I, I learned. I was fighting over stuff that really had no part of me. I don't even know why I'm wrestling with something I never was supposed to wrestle with. Why am I wrestling with it? Now, if he put it before me and I have to wrestle, I understand that, but I'm wrestling with stuff I'm like, what am I dealing with this for? Why am I my blood pressure going up because of this? But I want you in those, those times in your circumstance you're going to, go home today and tomorrow. Sit down with God. Wait until you get fully encouraged and strengthened because God will put you through things that people cannot explain to you. You'll say, I'm going through this. Can you help me with it? And I can say, really? I love the honest answer of a leader. I don't know. And then he will tell you, and then you ask him, shall I make this next move? And there's peace when he says, yes, you will. And you will, over, you will rescue all. It's the biggest test for David. Whenever he says, shall I, he was a man after God's own heart. When he stopped asking, shall I, he got in big trouble. And for all of you, the deeper things are going in your life, you're this close to where David is when you go to Second uh, Samuel when he becomes king. You're this close to your breakthrough. Because sometimes it gets shake, shakes a whole lot before you break through. But you get stronger as you're going through. I know it's not a rah-rah message. But when it comes to circumstances, first I want you to look at them. That's not a bad thing. It's a growing thing. 
And the worst thing, the worst, he said, that's bad. Because I always, you know, that's what I used to say when someone say, uh, have you got an answer yet? I said, no, nah, man, I got to go to God. And I'm like, isn't that fascinating that you get to go to one who knows everything? <laughs> We're all there. I can't get the answers. I got to wait on God. Oh. <laughs> I may have been guilty of that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's like, yeah, you guys, you're stuck with me. Sorry. <laughs> really. Get to know him versus his will. Stop charging his will. Charge him. And the will will take care of it itself. Amen. I want you the next few days. Flip your mindset about what you're going through. Flip it as, man, I'm getting stronger. And then also, if you got friends, then you might have to take a temporary reprieve. If you got friends that drain but don't gain, cut them off for a little bit so you can get your sanity. Okay? In my life, I have to have that. Because of the gift I got, I got to have that. Because if I get drainers, and I'm already falling down in faith, and I'm exhorting in it, and I don't see it, and someone just hooks the hose up to me, and then I'm in a bad place. So I got to get some gainers who can help me get over the line. You need to write that down. Because you carry everything. <laughs> get you some gainers. All right? Don't take on everyone's things. Okay? I'm going to get you a shield like Scotty. Shields are up, Scotty. Anyway, but it is. Find you those who charge hard, want to charge hard with you. Not those who want to take it. Because that's the same way we would treat God. If I just want to get with you, God, just long enough until I get the answer. And then I'm done. Gave me an answer. I'm good. Now, I don't care if I get an answer. I'm good when I'm with you. Show me to be with you every day and not want something. It might mess up your prayer life. If you go out and walk around and you pray to God and don't ask for anything, try it. Just say how good he is. Oh, it's an awesome day, God. Thank you. Just say how great he is. Don't ask for anything. And see, that might mess you up a little bit. Because I got to give him my list because he, he already knows what you need. He just wants you to be restored, recovered, so you can receive what you're going to do. Because you're going to, here's the thing. The answer is not going to fall into the ground, into the earth. Whenever you pray and you ask God, he brings and gives you a strategy. But you got to have the strength to carry out the strategy. And through your middle of your strategy and obedience, miracles start to pop up. Because obedience always precedes miracles. But you got to go in obedience to get the miracles. But you got to be strong enough for the, to carry out the strategy. We're asking God for the city. He's giving us answers in a strategy. And if he doesn't give us an answer... We just got to sit in his presence until he thinks we're ready to handle it. Amen? Why don't we all stand?